And we are We want to go, sucker! It's your boy, Sage the Mark. It's Real Wrestling Podcast coming to you guys live. It's a rainy day today for us here in South Texas, but you know, that's just the way it is sometimes. Sometimes it would help if you just put on the mic too for my live listeners. Want to give a quick shout out to Dave Sizemore for joining us out on Mixer. Thank you so much for joining us today. We got a lot to talk about today and professional wrestling. But before we do, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Real WrestleCast on twitter if you're on the gram we are on the instagram it's real wrestling podcast all spelled out don't forget your boys at patreon.com forward slash irwp now if you're listening to us um, on the podcast you probably noticed that this week i had dropped uh, the last two episodes i you know this has been kind of a, a crazy last two or three weeks uh in terms of wrestling like i honestly don't know i i can't keep up with the schedule to be honest with you i thought that i'd be able to do a tuesday episode and then do a saturday episode to cover all of smackdown and raw and then one on AEW. and it's just that's a little too much work for just one guy at the time man so i i I apologize. I know I promised you guys the goods, um, and I didn't deliver. But uh, we're, we'll figure something out. I promise you, we'll figure something out. Um, but um, I did happen to catch SmackDown. I did happen to catch Raw, so we will talk about that today. Um, I also did uh, catch uh, AEW, which will probably be more in depth. And and um, I have to say. I am just I'm thoroughly impressed overall with AEW week after week after week. Um, and I, I'm knowing I'm starting to sound like a fanboy, and that's the last thing that I, I want to sound like. But damn, it's some good wrestling, or as Vince would say, it's some good shit. So, uh, but yeah, let's you know what? Let's talk about something that was kind of uh, this week in uh, outside of the ring. This week was pretty interesting. We had two games to drop uh, this week that are very high profile games. Um, one was the WWE 2K10 or 2K20. And the other one uh, was uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Both of them not without their controversies this week, um, starting with the WWE 2K20. You guys can follow uh, hashtag fix WWE 2K20. But oh my goodness, some of the videos that I have seen on this game in live action and demo has just been insane. A whole bunch of glitches, uh, moves being like, it just, the game looks like it's been unfinished, largely unfinished. And, uh, you know, we sent out a, a tweet earlier in the week to kind of just get a gauge, get a gauge from your boys of how many people are, you know, 
experiencing some type of form of glitch, whether they were minor glitches, no glitches at all, or major glitches in the game. And overwhelmingly, 67% of people that we polled um, said that they were experiencing major glitches with the game. Um, we're talking about like people like the the ropes are are completely missing. Um, uh, graphics are bleeding. Um, I, I think I even saw uh, a Cesaro swing going like a Cesaro swing going around, but there was like no one holding uh, the, the the legs to do the swing. It's just it's crazy. Um, we we've we've tried to reach out to. Um, to you know to the 2k team as well as to wwe for some type of comment to find out hey what's going on with this game let us know what's you know what, what's going to be happening if there's going to be any patches and it's just been radio silent unfortunately um i know that we're a, a relatively small media company um so you know we we took the liberty to, to check some of the the major outlets to kind of see what was going on and we did see a graphic and i don't didn't verify whether or not this was actual but uh allegedly um ign had given this like a 4.3 citing bug issues too so if that if that is true and that does hold water then you know the consensus that the game is a bit buggy you know is not outside the realm um, but we definitely want to hear from you. If you're out there listening, you, you purchased WWE 2K20, give us a call, 419, sorry, 419. Yeah, 419, there we go, 419-777-IRWP. Give us a call and tell us your experiences about WWE 2K10. The phone lines are open today. We are going to get some, hopefully get some callers to, to give us their opinions on it. If not, it's cool. Um, the other one, uh, today... About an hour ago, um, Modern Warfare came out. Uh, it's supposed to be cross-platform, and there's been some server issues going on with that as well. So people are in a bit of an uproar, you know, rightfully so. You know, you buy the game, you expect it to work on day one. It doesn't work on day one. Don't fix it until six to eight hours later. Yeah, it's crazy. But I will say this. When I originally purchased Modern Warfare 1 and Modern Warfare 2, I remember that those were my first experiences with midnight launches. I used to go to GameStop um, like at 10 o'clock at night, stand in line, wait until midnight, and then they would hand out the games that we had pre-ordered. And those were some of the greatest times um, of, of my gaming experience that, you know, I, I, that I got to go through. You know, fast forwarding it now, it's been about 10 or 15 years since the game has been released. And now we don't even go to GameStop anymore for games. I mean, it's funny because I I, I told myself that I would never not buy a digital game. Um, or I would never buy a digital game. That I would always buy a hard copy game. Because if something ever happens and I'm not able to play it digitally... Um, like, I wouldn't have anything to play it on. So I'm thinking, like, man, I've got PS1 games that are still, like, timeless classics, like Busted Groove, and I, I have uh, SOCOM, and, but I don't have any console to play it on at all because none of the, none of the consoles are, are backwards compatible. So I, it begs the question, like, are digital... I mean, I, I'm thinking and I'm assuming that if 
the future games will allow emulations if you purchase them digitally maybe that's the way to go like maybe truly that is the way to go digital games versus hard copy games i just i don't know it'll be interesting to see with the playstation 5 coming around around to see if they would be backwards compatible i'm assuming so if you buy them on the network it's a digital game it's not i mean i i guess it is using some of the hardware but i think it would be easier from a technology perspective to do an emulation based off of a software file versus a, a hardware disk file where you're decrypting the, the the dvd or the d or the blu-ray disc that the game's coming off of but i don't know we'll see well it'll be interesting but the game developers need to fix these games uh we're getting into the holiday season there's no time like the present to fix these games um just got to happen and unfortunately uh the last of us 2 uh was announced today that it did get pushed back until i think may so there's that happy holidays to everyone who's looking forward who was looking forward to playing that by the end of the year last of us ain't coming out until next year um no clue as to why it got pushed which is kind of a, a concern to me as well i don't i don't know why it would have gotten pushed back um unless they ran into some bugs that they needed to to fix maybe that's maybe that's where where it came through but you know we'll see um so let's get into let's get into some wrestling guys um and again if you guys have if you want to talk about 2k10 or 2k20 give us a call uh 419-777-IRWP we'll put it on there thank you so much puffin killer for uh joining the stream there on mixer we see you bruh uh, make sure you hit us up on YouTube if you want to get uh, into that contest for a uh, $50 gift card to Amazon.com. That's still going, guys. We still got that going. So don't forget about that. So um, this week of professional wrestling. So uh, last week, Sunday, or last week, Friday, SmackDown. Um, I, you know, it was, you know, Rey Mysterio came out. He was talking about, you know, why he asked for Kane to come out. Um I'm going to be honest with you, and I was telling this to Goose last week too. I'm not interested in this storyline whatsoever. I'm not even. I'm not interested in the WWE World Heavyweight Championship because right now it's it's. I don't understand. I can, I just I don't understand why Cain Velasquez is getting a title shot. I just don't like. If all I have to do is have you have Brock Lesnar beat up one of my friends. And me having to defend my friend and I get an automatic title shot. I won't be doing that to all the friends that I know. Uh, eventually, Brock's going to get tired. I'm going to be able to slip one by him. He's not going to be able to get a rematch clause. And bing, bang, boom. I'm the new champ. But it just, I don't know. It just doesn't appease to me. And I don't think these guys are going to to have a good match. Like, Brock doesn't, Brock's a great seller. But he doesn't. Like aside from suplexes, his move sets now are very, very limited. Um, Cain Velasquez is, is relatively new to the wrestling scene. He is a little bit more. He does have a, a bit more of a expansive move set, but he is way too green for him to be able to carry a match itself. So I just don't think this match is going to go anywhere. And I, I, I honestly would have rather this have been an, a non championship match i it's just i it just it just 
I don't know. I, I, I get that they want to make Fox to, you know, the, the Fox SmackDown platform to be more sports related, but uh, using the USC formula, I, I just, I don't like it. I didn't like it when Brock had the title prior. I don't like it now. I just think it's a detriment to the main roster. Um, I don't like the fact that Kofi just acts as though the title never existed. That, that, that still bothers me as well. Um, but it, you know, Crown Jewel's coming down the coming down pretty soon. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not really interested in it. Um, I I still don't like the fact that the women are not getting their own show. Um, and when we get into Raw, I'm gonna kind of lamb blast them for that as well because what went on in Raw was kind of or what lack of went on on Raw was kind of ridiculous. But um. The only other thing of consequence on this match, or of importance, I should say, is um, I'd liked I liked Bailey and the Miz, you know, coming out and the Miz kind of playing uh, like not the devil's advocate per se, but I, I just liked the fact that he came out and just like egged on Bailey um, with Bailey's new look. And I gotta say, Bailey's entrance music is amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, I like the fact that he was trying to pin Sasha and, and her against each other, which I, I think it's way too soon. But it is point, you know, sprinkling the seeds um, for something to happen, maybe around WrestleMania or further down the road um, from that. So, I, you know, I, I did like that aspect of it. Um, but I, I, I have to ask, like, what exactly is it that they're doing with the women's division? Because I don't know, aside from, uh, you know, Bailey. I just I don't know what they're doing. It's kind of, it's like evolution. It's a mystery. Um, but you know, I they they got to do something. Next uh, this week, uh, SmackDown is going to be on FS1 because of the World Series. Um, so if you know if you don't know now, you know. Um, ratings seems to be a bit of an issue for SmackDown. They continue they're continuously dropping and hemorrhaging fans. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the baseball season or if it's the product itself, but that is definitely something to keep a close eye on. Um, I know that the contract that they have is pretty is probably going to be ironclad, so they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. But the fact that they're using FSN, that might be it's going to be interesting to see what the impact is on the ratings for F- FS1. Um, I say that because if Fox opts to use that more often or more frequently, that could ultimately hurt the brand itself. But, you know, like all things, we just got to wait and see how that that turns out. So um, fast forwarding to Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw, it it was a good show. It wasn't terrible at all. Um, Nothing too memorable other than the fact that the women did not have a segment at all on Raw. Why? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I don't understand why they didn't have a segment at all. Like, it just... I mean, not only are they they're getting screwed by not having uh, anyone on the pay-per-view next week at Crown Jewel. They don't have Evolution either. The next pay-per-view that they have is... Uh, what is it called? Uh, Survivor Series. Like, the women are getting... Like, I don't know. They're getting torn up right now, and it's unfortunate. They 
deserve better uh, than what they're getting right now, and it's it's just it's a travesty. Um, Seth Rollins had a couple of promos um, on here, and, and I gotta say that I, I see that the crowd and and the internet and everything they, you know they're turning their backs on Seth Rollins right now, and it's not I don't think it's necessarily his fault. It's so much as it just seems like they don't know what else to do, and that's not a good thing. Um, I did like his pairing with Humberto uh, Carrillo. Um, I, I love the chemistry that they had in the ring. Um, Humberto's going to be great. I, I do love the fact that the 205 Live is being incorporated into uh, Raw and SmackDown. It just, I think it's, I think it's amazing because a lot of these guys can go. Um, you know, Drew Gulak and. Uh, uh, Humberto, uh, Carrillo, uh, I forgot what the guy's name with eight reasons. Um, it's going to come to me and it's going to, it's going to kick me in the butt because I don't know it right now. But I, I like the fact that they're, that they're involved in the main roster because although they may not be big and heavy guys, they can go and they are legitimate incredible threats to the U S title as well as to the universal title. So kudos to WWE, um, and, and utilizing that talent um it's sad that the 205 live is no more but it was inevitable it was going to happen um i didn't want it to happen but you know it happened uh rick flair uh had a promo or rick flair introduced his last member of uh team flair for crown jewel it was drew mcintyre not really much of a surprise here but i i did enjoy the match he had with ricochet i will say that man that mid mid-match promo that flair cut was just hilarious i thought i literally legitimately thought he was going to collapse uh just because of how animated he was um he's i and correct me if i'm wrong i i think i think i might have even heard him like say something to the effect of uh how what is it uh something to the effect of like he was gonna get in the ring and fight Hogan, and I was like, "Yo, Rick is on another level right now. He on another level right now." <laughs> uh, bless, bless Rick Flair, man. He entertaining as heck. Um, yeah, entertaining as heck. Um, and then lastly, but not least, we had the Street Profits, and um, you know, last you know the last couple of months we've seen the Street Profits. Prophets act as like um, not liaisons, but like uh, hype people um, to the show, and um, I, I like that. I, I definitely, definitely like that. Shout out to BCM uh, Cheeto for joining us on Mixer. Thanks for joining us, bro. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I like that sincerely. I did just. I um, oh, what do I say? Um, I. I like the fact that the street profits are are being built as a big deal now that they're on the main roster. Um, the thing I was kind of perplexed on is because I, I I had thought that last week and maybe I misheard, but I had thought that last week they had stated that this was going to be a six man tag kind of thing, but it, it looks like that they pulled an audible. Um, instead, they it was a a tag team match, uh, the OC minus AJ officially in the ring um, versus uh, versus uh, Street Profits, and it was a really good match, very entertaining. 
Um, Street Profits got the win, which was huge. And then they did their thing about celebrating the crowd. They did this one spot where they did, where where Montez Ford gets the baby and just starts to dance with the baby, and the baby's just loving it, just laughing at. It. Didn't like the the Hulk Hogan get up, but he gets a pass because he's a baby. But um, <laughs> I digress. Um, it was funny because the mom was like, "Oh my god, should I let him go or should I not let him go?" Like she was just like in between. Uh, that I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, and then Montez Ford went ahead and put that baby's picture on on his Instagram and in his uh, or his icon on on Twitter, his, his avatar on Twitter. So I thought that was pretty funny too. But overall, I like it. The brothers closed the show. The brothers closed the show. I love it. I love it. Um, mystery partner was uh, Kevin Owens, which was pretty great. He did uh, when the show ended. He did like a backstage special kind of thing, and he was you know saying that you know he's proud of these guys from coming up and everything like that. Um, and then he said that he likes them so much that he won't turn on them. I thought that, that was pretty funny that he did that, but um you know overall raw was a, a really really good show really really decent show i absolutely loving the commentary on on it um i think that uh dio and vic and see i, I got dio I, I told you a couple weeks and your boy was gonna get him um and the king i, I think that they have great chemistry uh on, on the commentary table and it's fresh and it's new and i like that um before we switch to, to AEW, um, I do want to address the elephant in the room. So, there was a rumor that came out as to the reason why Seth Rollins burnt down the Firefly Funhouse. Um, I don't know the, the, the validity to, to the story or whether or not how much of it's true or how much of it's fake. But apparently Fox wanted to do away with the make-believe kind of concept of of the show um which I, I don't understand because they wanted the fiend to be on their show but they don't want the fun house on there at all it's just asinine doesn't make any sense to me um but yeah so uh, apparently that was the rumor that was going around that that's the reason why the the that's the reason why it went down the way that it did um so abruptly um, if I could just speak on it for a second, Seth Rollins had no business being in the fun house, period, period. Your boy says this for two reasons. You could have played upon the idea that Bray Wyatt was trapped inside the fiend's body, um, and that the fun house was a manifestation of of his mind uh, of the way that it was and how fragmented it was and things of that nature like keeping it kayfabe like that's the thing like you keep it kayfabe that's that's what it is that's for what it is but it, it just didn't it didn't they felt the need to just kind of trample over that concept and i just don't get it and i although i do like the fact that when seth did arrive bray was timid and was like yo it's not me it's not me like, I like that aspect of it. I think that that's interesting. I think that that, that creates an interesting dynamic. But uh, if you if you wanted, like, it, it just this whole thing's a whole joke and a whole mess up. This Friday, we're getting a, uh, an episode of the Firefly Funhouse. And I'm assuming that it's going to be all charred up and stuff like that. 
And maybe Bray's not even going to be there. Maybe it's just The Fiend in full-time fashion. I, I don't know. But I just feel like they messed up the character for what it was, for the greatness that it was. For what? Because Fox told them to do so, allegedly? Like, come on, man. Like, you guys had a great thing going, and, and it's just it just feels like it's garbage now. It, it does. It really does. And I think that this is backfiring on Seth Rollins because, and it's not, again, it's not his fault, but this creative direction that they have taken, it's kind of just taken up all the air, pardon the pun, in the room um, that is Seth Rollins. And um, uh, it's just, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I don't know. Uh, going into AEW, guys. As I said at the top of the show, AEW just continues to wow me week after week after week. Um, I'm literally at the point where I am watching everything on, on DVR for the exception of AEW. I am watching this thing as it happens live. And I'm absolutely loving it for the most part. Um, Private Party and Lucha Brothers just tore down the house. Now, I know that this wasn't a traditional tag team match, but these aren't really traditional tag teams, tag teams at all. Like, Private Party is all about, like, flips and spots and things of that nature. And the Lucha Brothers use the Mexican style of wrestling where there's, like, no, like, actual tags here in and out. It's just you come in when you come in and that's it kind of thing and i thought that the meshing of it was done very very well now i did feel that at some point in the match that the private party um was like legitimately slowing down um their pacing i think that i i don't want to say that they blew up but i just i feel like they slowed down their pacing for the spots for the for the other team um for the lucha brothers and um but i mean it's just minor Honestly, I thought I wanted Private Party to win. I knew that from the very beginning of the tournament, it looked as though it was going to be SEU and and the Lucha Brothers. But something inside of me was thinking that maybe they were going to go in a different direction and maybe put a wrinkle in it. And I I thought that maybe Private Party would be that wrinkle. But even so, with the Lucha Brothers winning... I'm okay with that. It was a hell of a match. I loved every single spot that they had. Um, those private party just cracks me up with the, I, I, and I don't remember all their, I don't know their names yet. I will get them. I promise. I promise. I promise. I will get them. Um, but I liked, I, I just, I like their charisma and the ring. I, I like the way that they sell. I like the high pitch sounds that they make when they, <laughs> something's going not going their way um i just i i'm all in on private party and i i love it like we got street profits on raw which is great and we got private party in aew that's great and i'm loving it and i love the lucha brothers too um phoenix doing the the uh adios amigo on the on the, on the tight ropes i love that i think that that was a that i every time he does that it just amazes me that he can even do that and not fall in between or outside the ring. Um, just a testament of how athletic these these this roster is overall. Just absolutely amazing. 
Um, we get an Omega Janela 2, which was pretty cool. Um, the, the first one was actually on uh, AEW Dark. I think it was on the second episode of AEW Dark. And if you guys haven't seen AEW Dark, um, take some time and go watch it on YouTube. It is amazing. Um, it's like having a third hour, but this hour here is just more... It's more of a house show kind of match. So it's, you know, even though it still counts towards the records, it's more of a just kind of a, a fun, a fun kind of match. Um, but this one was really, really well done. Um, I think that that uh, Omega's job was to kind of showcase Joey Janela. Um, and he did a great job. Joey Janela is actually a pretty good wrestler. Um, overall, I don't think that we get to see a lot of it. Um, I, I don't think that we get to see a lot of it, which is, uh, which is a bummer because he gets, he gets typecasted into the hardcore role, just like Jimmy Havoc does. And, um, but they have a lot more to offer and, um, it was good to see that outside of his gimmicky matches and stuff. So, um, but you know, we'll see. Well, we'll see how that goes. But uh, Kenny Omega ends up inking the victory out on this one here. This looks like this is going to be a long-term story uh, down the road where Joey Danella is just trying to get enough skills to where he can beat Omega, finally beat Omega. So they are sowing the seeds on that. And I, and I got to give it to AEW. They're doing a great job of showcasing through packages and through um, and through uh wrestling getting over the talent that are not well known um and speaking of packages the uh they did a package on a referee that um qt sullivan or qt quick or something like i I can't remember what his name is I, i know i don't i need to take better notes but um i like that package that he had on him um and it was great because this although he did mention that he had a stint at wwe didn't really his whole thing was that his body just gave out on him and he thought he would never be able to do wrestling again. Um, he was given the opportunity to do, to work in different capacities and, uh, he made something of himself. And, and I like this, I like this. It, it reminds me of, of ultimate warriors, like his hall of fame speech where he wanted to honor the people that help make like the people who are behind the scenes that make the show go. And I feel like Cody is doing that in his own way, or, or AEW in general, doing that in their own way with this undesirable, desirable uh, content that they keep putting out. Um, I love it. Keep doing it. I love it. If we, Even if we get a small sliver of seeing behind the scenes, I think that it's, it's great. Um, it's one of the things that the, the direction of what I wanted this podcast to go to at the very beginning is I... I want to be able to peek behind and, and recognize those people who make the show what it is and how it is and stuff. And not just the talent, but just the, you know, the people behind the scenes that make it go. The gift, the grifters and the and the production staff, uh, the bookers and the producers. Like, I want to hear from them um, to get an aspect uh, or, or a point of view of how they see the business um through their craft through their profession so and we'll get there i i you know we'll get there i got i got some feelers out i got some feelers out um next we had Britt baker um we had a lady from 
from England who came over. I think she's part of the main roster now. Um, and they were in Pittsburgh. This is kind of like her. I don't think she was born here, but I think that she just kind of lived most of her her adulthood and and her college years here at in Pittsburgh. So it was a lot of shine. Um, hometown girl kind of feeling on this match was just pretty cool. Um, but I got to take a timeout, guys. I, I, I do. I got to take a timeout when I'm talking about about Britt Baker. Um, this is probably the third week, and I, I've hint, I hinted it at it last week. That something just felt off about the women's division. Um, and I, I think I finally penned it down what it's been for me for the last few weeks. Um, I like... I love Britt Baker. Um, I this I was introduced to her in AEW, um, and I've enjoyed her work. I love her finisher, the lockjaw. I think it's just amazing. And when she turns heel and does that, that's great. I love it. Like right when she has them in a in a kind of like a cross face or a chicken wing kind of thing. Um, I love the fact that she kind of. Has like this devious look on her face and her fingers are coming out and she's about to apply the lock jaw, the mandible claw. Like I like that. I I, I adds to her character and, and whatnot. But when I see her, the, the the one issue that I have with Britt Baker right now is that I don't see the passion and the fire inside the ring when she's running the ropes or doing the mat work. She seems really and I don't know what it is, and I hate to be critical um like this but i just i don't know if it's a lack of passion or i hate to say this but maybe some athleticism issues that are going on but she just seems very sluggish to transition from one mood to another and it feels as almost as though that the partner that she's in the ring with is kind of catching up to her um, or waiting for her, not catching up to her, but kind of waiting for her to get to where she needs to go. She did a snap near into the turnbuckle or Irish rip into the turnbuckle. And she looked like she was gassed before she picked it up and then went over. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I hope it gets better. I, I think that she could do with, and I know that she is one of like the founding, founding members of the, of the group. Um, but I think that she would, I think they need to take her off TV for a little bit and just, she needs to hone in on that couple of things because if she's going to make a legitimate run towards the title. We need to be, we, she needs to be at her best at her peak. Um, she's got the, she's got the move sets. She's got the look, she's got the effort. It's just, it, to me, it feels like the athleticism is just a little bit off and just need to work on that. Um, it's just outside looking in. Um, I can't do what you do, Britt Baker. So I'm not saying that I couldn't, but I just, that, I mean, that's just the way that I see it. Um, so take that for what it's worth. It's not a bashing. I, I'm a firm supporter of, of the ladies, um, and in AEW in general. Um, but just, it's gotta be better if this division, if, if they're going to surround her, if she's the future of this division, they just got to fix that piece of Britt Baker so that we can kind of just have a more fluent women's division. Aside from that, um, we need 
more women. I mean, we do. Um, I'm glad that we, you know, we picked up this lady from the UK. Um, but we can't just see Rio and, uh, we can't just see Rio versus someone. And we can't just see Baker versus someone. And we can't just see Nyla Rose versus someone every week. It's, it's not going to work. You're going to burn the women out. Um, you're going to burn the fans out because we want to see the other women as well. Where's Bree Priestley? Like, she should have a one-on-one match. What about Penelope Ford? Um, she should have a one-on-one match. Like, I've, I've only seen these women um, either in AEW Dark or the first week of, of AEW. And that's not enough. Um, so hopefully that changes. Um, I know that there were some last minute changes to the women's division before they went live, but you got to fix that. Um, there's rumors out there that Tessa Blanchard is now a free agent with her dad, um, being in AEW. I think it's a no brainer to have to go after Tessa Blanchard, but before you can insert her, you need to get the other women up to up to that level, especially on a physicality perspective. Um, awesome Kong. I don't know what's going on with Awesome Kong. Um, I saw a headline, and I didn't read too much into the headline, but I heard that there's a headline about some health issues before she wants to step into the ring, or some health grants that she wants to step before she steps in the ring. I don't know what validity that is. I don't really read the dirt sheets. Um, from that perspective, but um, but where's her? Where's uh, where's Asha Kong? Um, come on, like we we need the women, like bring the women. Um, the other issue that I have is Sunny Kiss. Where the hell is Sunny Kiss? Like I, I and I, I mean this in the most respectful way. Um, I've seen Sunny Kiss, and I think one or two matches on AEW Dark. They have yet to see Sunny Kiss on the main roster, like on the main show itself. And I'm worried that, and I'm, I'm hoping that this is not the case, but I am worried that they don't want to put, to put Sunny Kiss on the live show and fear of the followers not, like the TV people not accepting it, tanking their ratings. Um, and sometimes you just have to, like sometimes you just gotta gotta just go like just go for it um people are more receptive and respect respectful that you took a chance and you took a gamble um than kind of cowering and i'm not saying that they're doing it but it sure does seem like it like if we don't get a sunny kiss next week but we get a sunny kiss on aew dark i mean i'm gonna call it for what it is and um, I, I don't want to be that guy, but we need to see everyone at least once in a five-week period on the main roster. There's just no reason that the roster isn't that big to where we can't see them. So let's let's see them. Let's see them. Let's go. Put them on there. Let us go. Let us do this thing. Um, that's what I'll say about that. I'll get off of that. So. Um, then we had the SCU versus the Dark Order for the remaining, uh, the last part of the 
the semifinals for the tag team division. And uh, the, it was a good match. It was a good match. Um, but the story, and I, I, I dig this. Um, I did dig this. Chris Jericho and the inner circle kind of came in mid-match and uh, marched themselves up to the executive box in, uh, in, in the stadium itself. And they were being really, really distracting and, and stuff. And, uh, and I, I thought that that was interesting because they were segueing into something that was going to happen in the future. Um, but SCU has their match with the best friends. Uh, it was a really good match. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, I liked best friends. They had Orange Cassidy there at their side. Orange Cassidy was getting involved in the match, doing his, you know, his thing, his Orange Cassidy thing. Thought that that was pretty cool. Um, I like, I like, I don't know, I like Orange Cassidy. I think he's just hilarious. Um, the, uh, what else, what else, what else? Um, SCU ends up winning the match here. Um, really, really great match. Afterwards, Cody comes out, cuts a promo. Chris Jericho and the inner circle are using like the loud bullhorns to kind of distract them. All of a sudden, Cody's about to rush up. Jericho reminds him that he's being stupid because it's going to be like five on one. So then, you know, does, uh, Dustin Rhodes, aka Goldust, comes down the ring. And then MJF comes down the ring. And then I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, it'll be Kenny Omega or maybe uh, Cowboy uh, uh, Hangman Page, which wasn't on the show this week, which I like it. They are cycling him out, in and out. It wasn't him. But we get get self-high-five DDP coming down the ring, and I absolutely love it. I love it. Like, I again, I'm a fan of nostalgia when it's done right. Um, you know, I know that there were people on there that were kind of complaining about, oh, Legends taking up time, blah, 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 this, and blah, 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 blah. But here's my thing. He didn't have any lines. He came down, uh, just to kind of be as part of the, the unofficial stable of Cody. Um, DD, this is where DDP started on TNT. Like, the nostalgia was real, man. Like, Every week, I'm like, yo, this is WCW, baby. Let's go. This is when WCW was great. Um, and I like that feeling. I like that feeling. It reminds me of why I enjoy wrestling so much back then and why it can be as great as it was back then. Um, but they end up going through the crowd and they go to the executive office and and uh, the inner circle traps themselves up in one of the rooms. And Cody asked MGF to give him his scarf. And Cody just bland blasts the window. And then all hell just breaks loose. We see ice cream. People getting ice cream in their face. We get Santana trying to plead with the cops to do something. And the cops saying, I got your back. It, it was just chaos. Like NWO, WCW, Brawl, TakeOver kind of thing. And I it was great. It was good TV. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I... I I, I just could not unhook myself from AEW because it was just so compelling and so interesting. I loved it. Um, they got to just keep up the good work, guys. That's all I can say. Just keep up the good work. Um, it's very, very interesting. Love what you guys do and the transition between the different matches um, and different segments. I think you guys do a great job on that as well. So, And then last but not least, we get the uh, Pac versus John Moxley. Um, this 
you know, long story short, this ended up, uh, the, the story on this match here is that Pac is upset because um, he has a blemish on his record, right? Uh, he's, he cares about being perfect, but can't be perfect when someone who doesn't care about their record costs them the match and he has his first loss on his record. Um, so th- that was kind of the main story between this, between those two is, is the record kind of thing. So this, they had a, a 15 minute time limit, I want to say on this match here, and it went all the way to a draw the time limit expired. So, excuse me, sorry, I shouldn't have done that, but, um, yeah, so Pac's got another, well, he's got a draw on his record. So I think he's like two, one and one now, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be interesting to see how he takes that. Um, I, I think that he will be interjected in his in the match between uh, Moxley and Kenny Omega. Um, so I think that those three are going to be an item. But they're de- they're slowly building up their roster and, and their storylines and things like that. So they're doing, in my opinion, a good job. They're doing all the right things. Um, absolutely love it. They Just keep up the good work, guys. I mean, that's all I got to say. Just keep up the good work. Um, keep doing y'all. Um yeah, just keep doing y'all, man. That's that's it. That's all about that. Um, last but not least, I, I did want to touch on AEW Dark. Um, again, as I was saying, you guys, if you guys haven't seen it, go and see it. There was an awesome match, uh, which was like uh, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks versus Private Party and Best Friends, I think it was. And, um, man, this match just was... It was all kinds of amazing. Um, I'll go check it out. Again, private parties, just, they're on another level. I, I enjoy everything that those those guys do, um, whether they're playing heel or face. They just, they're so damn entertaining. They, they legitimately remind me of old school Booker T and Stevie Ray. Um, just not as big, but twice as entertaining as them. So, you know, they, they keeps it real. They keeps it real. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I have, um, for you guys this week. Now, next week is going to be pretty interesting because it is Halloween. Um, I am trying to see if I, I am going to put on a show. It's going to be a little, a little tight because I might have to do it on Wednesday because Thursday is Halloween. So I will definitely do a show for you guys. Um, but I want to hear from you. Let me know how you guys felt about this week in wrestling. Um, for all those people that are into WWE 2K20, uh, please drop us a line on our hotline, 419-777-IRWP. Let us know your feelings, your thoughts about that. We'll get into that um, a little bit more next week. Um, what is it that you guys are looking forward to? Let us know because, you know, we're definitely interested in hearing from you. That's, I mean, that's, that's why we do the show. We do it for you. So... Um, with that being said, guys, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for uh, for subscribing to our, our audio podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on YouTube, on Mixer, um, on on pay, or Patreon, as well as on uh, what is it uh, Periscope. And we, we're live on Periscope right now. Thank you guys so much for, for joining us there, too. Um, love one another. Respect one another. Y'all know the drill. Keep it real.